babe. Welcome to the She Factor podcast. I'm your host, Tori Ganahl, a millennial woman on my own journey to she and co-founder of She Factor, an on and offline platform for 20-something women craving community, growth, and purpose. Through our book, app, podcast, blog, daily she newsletter, and monthly events, we're here to inspire, encourage, and equip you to create a life you love, a life that you can't wait to jump out of bed and live every single day. She Factor was born out of my own experience as a 20-something, graduating college and having absolutely no idea what came next. And after a couple years of struggling to find balance in my post-grad life, here I am, 25, and realizing that the real world is actually pretty freaking awesome. The road to success, happiness, and community are waiting for you, right here, right now. So let's walk this journey to she together, girl. Join me every week as I dish out all the tips and tricks on living your best life. Grab your favorite cocktail or Starbucks drink and settle in for real, raw, and hilarious conversations as we dive into what makes us, as women, unstoppable. Hello, party people. Happy Thursday or whatever day it is as you're listening right now. So happy you're here once again. Thank you for coming back and listening to my crazy rants at the beginning of these episodes, which I'm actually really enjoying, even though I've only done what guys three. Anyways, this week is super special because it was International Women's Day on Monday and What better way to celebrate women than talking about periods, sex, desire, pleasure, all the things. But actually though, I wanted to make this week special because as you can imagine, International Women's Day is like the best day of the year over here at G-Factor. And this year specifically, I think it meant something a little different to me. Just reflecting on the amazing women that I've been able to meet and build relationships and lifelong friendships with in this community to reflect on the last year and how much I've changed and connected to the women inside of me and reconnecting to parts of me that I have, one, really never connected to, and two, just re-sparked, reawakened. And as you guys know, I was raised by an incredibly strong woman named Heidi Ganahl, who's my mother. But what people don't know is that I was actually raised by a lot of incredibly strong women. Yesterday, actually, my grandparents celebrated their 55th wedding anniversary. So you can imagine how strong and amazing my grandmother is. She's my rock. I love her to death. I am extremely close with her. And because my mom was a single mom raising me, I had this like army of women surrounding me who were strong and powerful and confident and They were entrepreneurs and thought leaders and trailblazers. And how lucky was I to be able to be raised in that environment as my mom grew a business and her team was primarily female. And I have all these people who I now call my aunts who were really just her close friends or her employees that contributed so much to the woman I am today, especially now that I'm in the position I am running a company and going after my passion and my purpose, which they all have been constantly supporting and encouraging me to do. And they always, always, always told me and instilled in me that I could do anything I set my mind to. You know, being a woman didn't really mean anything to me 
in the sense of I would have to work harder or do more or prove my place at the table. Like being a woman really just meant that I was a woman. I don't know how else to explain it. Like it just, it didn't define me in that way. But in starting She Factor, I realized that there are so many women out there who don't realize their potential, who don't have that confidence instilled in them, who don't have this amazing group of women behind them to support them on their journey. Or maybe they didn't have a mom or an army of women behind them like I did. So in starting this community, it's been so rewarding to not only see those women who raised me and supported me come back into my life and support me in a different way, but for them to teach me and empower me to then be that woman to those who need one. You know, this community is just so much more than just figuring out life in your 20s. Like, yes, that's where it starts. And obviously I'm still 25, so I'm still figuring it out as I go. But it's about more than that. It's about discovering the woman that you were meant to be. It's about giving women the gift of guidance and mentorship and a community that will stand by you in all of the tough times, build you up every freaking day and just cheer you on as you grow into the best version of yourself. And I had this experience last night in our virtual happy hour, just thinking back to the year it's been and that we've all been doing these virtual happy hours for a year now and have become such close, credible friends with each other and having not met most of each other in real life. But it's about just surrounding yourself with women who are like-minded and growth-oriented who will just support you no matter what phase of your journey you're on or what support you need. Like You will find someone or so many people to be able to lift you up and guide you along your way. And it's about building and living authentic, empowered, and joyful lives. Like If we aren't having fun in this life that we're living, what the hell are we doing? If we aren't enjoying life, then what even is life? And that's what this community is about. It's about creating a space where you can be reminded of that fun. Like, oh God, I needed that reminder last night. And after happy hour, I felt so energized and full of life and so excited about the rest of my week. And I was filled with all these ideas all of a sudden. It's crazy what a community like this can do for someone. And I've seen that play out in the lives of all of the women that have been a part of this virtual happy hour for the last year. And I think the thing that rings true to me beyond the community is that She Factor is about creating a world where the word woman is not what defines us, but what empowers us and brings us together to make the world a better place. What if we raised all of our daughters with the same strength and just bred a new generation of girls who believed that success was the only option, that failure is okay, failure is normal, failure is how you learn, and not to be afraid of failure, but to let it lead you back to success and that no matter what you do, success is really the only option. And what if women were given the gift of realizing their fullest potential, their truest passions, their deepest purpose when they were young? Like I'm talking in our 20s, but like what if they realized that even younger, if they didn't have to go through the years and years and years of trials and tribulations and baggage and all the crap to uncover that, if they could just become confident, successful leaders of their life and create a life they love from the very beginning? 
Like that's the world I want to live in. And those are the type of women I want to be around. And that's the kind of woman and girl that I want to raise my daughter to be. So in celebration of International Women's Day, I challenge you to take a moment to reflect on the woman you thought you'd be 10 years ago, the woman you were five years ago, the woman you were even just a year ago, and then reflect on the woman you are today and how far you've come, girl. This last year has tested so many of us in so many ways. Reflect on how far you've come and celebrate yourself. Like, pause right now. Have a dance party. Celebrate. Like, pop a bottle of champagne. I don't care what you do, but as long as you're celebrating who you are and the work that you're doing to better yourself. If you're here listening to this right now, you're doing that work. So, you go, girl. And then, obviously, reflect on the woman that you want to be. What work still has to be done? What beliefs do you still have about yourself? Where do you want to go? What kind of person do you want to be? So as a final little tidbit to this, I just want to honor all the women that came before us who paved the path for us to live powerful, fierce, fulfilled, amazing, awesome lives and gave us the opportunity to shine as bright as we do. And may we continue to honor them by living our best lives and paving the way for all the future trailblazers who will one day look to us for the answers, ladies, which is not too far off, as scary as that sounds. So like I said, today's episode plus a bonus episode, which I'm so excited about both of these episodes, guys, we are talking womanhood. Oh, the best. So we have a special two-part series this week talking all about the parts of being a woman that we rarely talk about, which I mentioned at the beginning period, sex, desire, honoring our bodies. And in this episode, we have Katrina, you may know from our flame event last month, talking all about periods and hormonal health and connecting to your cycle and the beauty and the journey that comes with connecting to your womanhood on that deeper level of what makes you a woman, which is so cool. And I've been getting so into the hormonal health stuff, which you'll hear me talk about in this episode, but there's so much that goes into it. And there's so much power that comes with connecting to that part of yourself again. And just to put it out there, guys, I am like literally fully about to go completely off birth control, no IUD, no birth control, no anything to reconnect with myself on that level again. And I just, I'm craving to connect to that part of myself again, not having a period for eight years with an IUD. I just feel like it's so important for me to do that and be connected to that part of myself, given that I'm leading a community of women. Like, shouldn't I be connected to the deepest, best part about me that makes me a woman? I think so. So enjoy this episode with Katrina. She's seriously such a bright light. I learn so much from her every time I speak with her. And if you missed our Instagram live this week, you can go check out our IGTV. I'm starting a new thing called the Tuesday Tea with Tori. Every Tuesday, Instagram lives with amazing women who are creating life they love whether they be entrepreneurs, authors, podcasters, or just bosses. We are interviewing them. We are talking to them and we are doing the dang thing. So come join me every Tuesday. No set time. I'll probably just announce it the day before and should be really fun. So go check out my talk with Katrina. It's completely different than what we talked about during this episode. So I think you'll really enjoy it. And then don't forget to check out the bonus episode with Kat Harris, which is a really cool episode also. I mean, we get deep on some answers about sex and desire. So just some fun topics that relate back to being a woman and how freaking awesome it is that we have these 
powers and magic and abilities. And I don't even know, being a woman is just, we're so unique in so many ways. So I hope you get that from this episode and I hope that you celebrate your womanhood this week. Love you all. Enjoy the episode. All right. So if you joined our lame event this February, we had such an incredible conversation about hormone health and your menstrual cycle and how to use that to really tap into your feminine power and creativity and productivity. And the woman who led that whole conversation is here today on the podcast to get really, really intricate about all the things that we need to know as women to own our period health, to take control of our bodies and to be our healthiest, best selves. So welcome Katrina to the She Factor podcast. Thanks so much. I'm super excited to talk with you more about hormone health and dive a little deeper. Me too. And you know, it's something that I feel like it's not, it's, we're getting to a place where it's less shameful to talk about, but it still is so muted. Like we just don't talk about it as women at all. And I don't know if that's because now in these days we have IUDs and birth control where some people don't even get their periods. Like I haven't had mine. I was telling you at the event for eight years. So I don't know if it's that or if it has to do with sex. And so then people freak out about that. But I kind of want to dive into that and why that's a thing. But before we do, of course, I want to give you the space to just introduce yourself. Talk a little bit about how you started working in this, you know, your own personal struggle with hormone health and what led you down this path to get to where you are. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I feel like we're definitely still in a tipping point. We're kind of like on the tip where people are talking about it more. But obviously, we could still be talking about it a lot more. There could still be a lot more that we're doing and more education and research. So yeah, we're living on that tip for sure. But so I am a certified hormone health coach. And basically how I got into this was through my own struggles with my hormone health. So when I first got my period, I was 13 years old and I didn't understand I didn't understand it at all. I knew that I was going to get my period, but there were so many factors that I just didn't get. Like the four phases of our cycle. We're not taught that. Nobody's really taught that when they first start. I feel like you learn, like I remember learning about my period through those silly little books that they write. And it was like the little cartoon pictures. (laughs) And then they like show like your boob growth. And they talk about like (laughs) using a pad and getting your period. Like, obviously that doesn't have that much information in it. (laughs) Right. Absolutely. I don't even remember those. I honestly don't even remember going through sex ed. I know I did in like sixth grade, but I don't even remember that. But yeah, there definitely needs to be so much more education around it. I mean, yeah, I mean, honestly, my biggest goal in what I'm doing is that eventually what I'm doing isn't needed anymore because we're just taught this as women at such a young age that it's just like, oh yeah, I know that. Like I learned that in sixth grade or whatever it is. I had a whole class on that in high school. That would be awesome. That's the ultimate goal. That's but yeah, back to my story just a little bit. Like I struggled so much with my period health. I had super irregular cycles. I had incredibly painful periods. I way later in life found out I had PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome, which one in 10 women suffer from. We can talk more about that if we want. But I saw so many doctors, so many naturopaths, so many healers. I did all the things, the birth control pill. I had a non-hormonal IUD, the copper IUD, which didn't really work well with my body. And I was just like, I know there has to be something else. I know that there has to be a way that I can learn to balance my hormones naturally. And so I did that. I learned all the things and it was working for me so much. So then I went and became a certified hormone health coach to kind of make it official. And at that point I was like, you know, I can't go on with life knowing what I know now and not helping other people who menstruate do the same thing. So powerful. And 
God, I had such a similar experience where I don't have PCOS, but I got my period at 11. And then at 12, I had my period straight through for like eight weeks and Mm. I lost all this weight. I was losing so much blood. They thought I had a blood disorder. They took like, God, it was like 20 vials of blood one day. And I just remember going home and I passed out and my mom was like, you are like drained. Like you don't have anything left in you. And at such a young age, it's so confusing. You're like, why am I going through this? And what does it even mean for the future? Like, am I always going to be going through this? And I think our bodies change so much in that from your teens to your twenties, then your twenties, you're finally like, okay, like I got it figured out. You know, you've been sexually active probably for a little while. Like people are getting pregnant. Gosh, that just happened last night. Like somebody I know personally in my friend group announced having a baby. And I was like, okay, this is happening. We're at that phase now. But it's just, there's so much to it. Like, I think women just don't know where to start. And I also think it's almost not even like really a priority. Like it's not, it's not taught as like this thing that you need to treasure and nourish and, and how it's connected to your food and your stress and, and all of the different things, you know, looking back at that time of my life, like, heck yeah, I was probably just really freaking stressed out. Like sixth and seventh grade at a private school with 25 people in my class and five of them being guys like, heck yeah, I was stressed. (laughs) So how did you even start? Where did you start? And did you start from more of that holistic approach or did you start with talking to your OBGYN and and getting information that way? Mm, Kind of a combination of the two. My mom is incredible and she is very much of the holistic mindset and kind of raised us in the holistic mindset. So I feel like I kind of was lucky in that sense where she didn't know anything about period health, but she was a yoga teacher. She was a doula and she was just kind of in that world a little bit. So not really though, when it came to my hormones. So I would say initially, these were conversations I was having with my OBGYN. I was going in, getting second opinions, all of that and asking and telling them, telling them my situation and asking what I could do, you know, saying sometimes I get my period for a few weeks. Like you were saying, I I also had a few weeks, a long, way too many weeks where I had my period. I would go months without getting my period. I remember once in eighth grade, I didn't get my period for eight months. And then when I got it back, I had it for almost two months. So just situations like this, where my intuition knew this is not right, like this shouldn't be happening. But then when I would go to my OBGYN, they said it was fine. So just conflicting information with what I intuitively knew was incorrect about my body and what wasn't functioning well. And then what I was hearing back from my OB. And that was kind of the initial stuff. Then later in life, I got myself really into yoga. And that's kind of when I got introduced to the whole holistic world and diving into Ayurveda a little bit. I never really stuck stuck with Ayurveda, but that kind of introduced me to the idea of cycling with our seasons. Kind of, It's kind of a similar mindset to learning about the phases of your cycle and learning about food as medicine and learning about the the effects that stress and trauma can have on our body and how our body holds the memory, all of these things. So those were kind of, I guess, my insights into it. But still, even in the holistic health and wellness world, 
period health is something you really have to search for. It's, it's such a specific niche. It's not commonly talked about. And what I've realized too, as I learn more and more and how I've grown my business is that oftentimes the health and wellness world actually isn't really benefiting our hormone health to the point where sometimes we need to be doing the opposite of what we think we need to be doing. Like all these fat diets we hear about and juice cleanses and blah, 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 all of that can actually be really harmful to our hormones. And so I know it's, it's can be confusing and there's so much information out there, but yeah, it was just kind of navigating and learning on my own for a lot of it. I think it kind of ties into this like busyness culture that we're in. Like we've normalized the fact that you're supposed to get really bad cramps and you're supposed to get acne and you're supposed to be really hormonal and curl up in a ball on the couch with your mydol and cry. Like that's not normal and you shouldn't be feeling that way. But everyone always tells us from a young age that that's how we should be feeling. And then I, I did do all of those things. I did ugh, every fad diet. Like I, I always struggled with my weight. And that was another thing with birth control. I went on birth control at 11 when they thought I had that blood disorder and I gained 30 pounds like overnight. And so then from there on out, I was terrified of gaining more weight. I was always trying to lose the weight that I gained. Like it was this constant cycle that was so toxic to my relationship with food. And just three years ago, I ended up seeing a nutritional therapist. So not actually a nutritionist and not a dietitian, but like a therapist that focuses on your relationship with food. And Mm. they also, you know, take your blood work and do that back end so they can understand the inside to then understand the outside. But basically she said that my whole entire adrenal gland was just shot. She's like, your adrenals just are legitimately non-existent. And I had done so many fad diets that essentially restricted restricted myself so much that my stomach had ulcers. They called them non-ulcer ulcers, but had basically mm-hmm. like holes in it that was causing me to be all allergic to all this different food because the food was getting released into my body. And then I was thought it was an allergy because it was, you know, for an object. And like all of that was being caused by simply this relationship with my body. Right. It's crazy that one thing can stem into so many others. And I feel like that's kind of where this, we have to normalize talking about this because if we don't, so many of us get stuck in that trap and there aren't a lot of women that have access to resources like that, that can find out, Hey, I don't have adrenal working or I need to be taking this supplement or I need to heal my body or cramps aren't normal. Right. Oh, wow. I'm really glad that you brought that up with the relationship with food, because that's something that I talk a lot about with my clients and we kind of work through because all these fad diets and stuff, they can have such a big effect on our mental health and can create such a negative relationship with food. And what I've really found is that by learning about your hormones and by learning to cycle your foods with your phases, but also just generally eating for the health of your hormones, you realize how ridiculous some of these fad diets are and how harmful they can be to the point of I have clients and friends of clients and friends of friends who have been, whether it's an eating disorder or a just a negative relationship with food, they've put themselves into a place where unknowingly they've caused issues for their fertility. And so then when they go to get pregnant, it's a lot more difficult for them and they have to kind of backtrack and 
get a better relationship with food and start eating more of a variety of foods again, because they've been so restrictive. And like you're saying, that can cause so many issues with your gut. It can cause so many issues with your endocrine system, with your adrenals. It can lower your, your levels of hormones as a whole. So yeah, I'm really glad that you brought that up because that that's something where it's almost like when you hear, oh my gosh, actually these fad diets aren't so good for my endocrine system. It's like a, like, okay, yeah. we can breathe, we can eat, we can do all these things. And that's actually what's most beneficial. Well, and it's funny too, because most of the time doing the fad diets is what's keeping you from actually being your healthiest weight. Like most of the time we do it to, you know, lose weight or get in shape. But what I found was the actually the more I ate, the better I felt and looked not only on the inside, like how having that healthy relationship with food, but legitimately I had starved myself of food for so long that I was causing all these internal issues that my body was like, feed me. I also have hypoglycemia. So not eating is huge for me. Like I am in the pre-diabetic phase, not my whole family has diabetes. So it's, it's common. And I've known that most of my life. And my mom has been always super, super hyper aware of like not leading me into eating a lot of sugar. And she's always been cautious of that because sugar is, is my enemy, but it's hard. And then you get into your teens and your twenties and you're like, I just want to eat whatever you want. And then also in that phase, you're like, but I also have to restrict myself. And it's, it's such a terrible cycle that so many of us are stuck in. Just following up on that, I it, it's wild how much we are raised in a culture where everything we're doing for our body is focused around weight, when really weight is not a factor of health at all. To an extent, say, say you're morbidly obese and like can't get off the couch, you know, there are levels where, yes, of course, our weight can play a factor, but for the large population, weight is really not a factor in their health. Such a big factor, I should say, as we make it in their health. People's bodies are built differently. Our bodies as women were meant to store extra fat around our lower belly area to keep our uterus safe because that's where we grow a baby. And whether or not you want to have a baby at some point, if you're someone that has ovaries, we get a period every month in preparation for that. So we can't ignore that fact that we need to keep that area safe because if, if our endocrine system isn't functioning properly, not only will it, can it be more difficult to have a baby, but our endocrine system is tied into all of our other systems in our body so intricately. So it can affect our nervous system. It can affect our gut health. It can affect our mental health. All of these things, we need to have a functioning endocrine system, whether or not babies are part of our plan. Yeah. And the weight thing too, like I remember being in like my early teens and them saying that 120 pounds at that age was obese. And it was like, mm. why do we have that mentality? Like, why as women do we have this like 120, 140? Like it, it's like, if we're anywhere outside of those ranges, it's like, you're too, you're too little or you, or you're too big. And I think the second that it really clicked for me was when I started to think of food as medicine. Think back to like the whole entire history of the world. Like they didn't have the medications that we did and the the supplements that we can take. But the second that you start actually thinking of food as a medicine that is healing you and that supports you and energizes you, that's that's the key that changed everything for me. And I think all different areas, my relationship with food, my relationship with my body, my hormone health. Like I was on hypothyroid medicine for years before that. It was this, like you said, it starts with that and it all comes tumbling down around. So 
so crucial. What are some of the must need, like basic things to look out for to know that you do not have good hormone health? Like what are some key Mm -hmm. factors to knowing like, okay, I I had no idea that I wasn't in good hormone health, but what are some things that you can look out for? Absolutely. So one of the biggest things to look out for is actually just the color of your blood when you bleed. So if your blood is bright red, that's healthy, healthy blood. If your blood is other colors like brown and kind of dischargey or spotty or really light and kind of more pinkish, that can be a sign of a hormonal imbalance. Other things to look out for is if your cycle is really irregular. So as we were talking about, you know, if you get your cycle, if you never know when you're going to get your cycle or you get your cycle every few months, or if your cycle is really short, like shorter than 28 ish days, then that's something to look out for as well. If your cycle is really long, longer than like 32 ish days, that's something else to look out for. If you have terribly awful cramps that are debilitating, that's a huge sign. So I say this all the time, but cramps are super common. They're not necessarily normal. And what I mean by not necessarily is that we do feel sensation and it is normal to feel sensation when you're starting to get your period. And I kind of describe it as like, what would be normal is realizing that your ovaries are there. Like yeah. you, you kind of know they're there, you know, they're working. You can kind of feel them even maybe contracting a little bit, but it's not going to put you out of a meeting. It's not going to cause you to stay home. It's not going to cause you to throw up. That is not normal. That is something that needs to be taken care of. Another thing is really bad hormonal acne, really bad cystic acne that breaks out all over your face or your chest, chin, back, any of those locations. That's a big sign of a hormonal imbalance. Those are kind of some of the big ones. Obviously, stuff that you can get diagnosed with, like if you have PCOS, endometriosis, hypothyroidism, like you were talking about, hyperthyroidism, adrenal issues, any of that, all of that are all hormonal imbalances as well. For things like PCOS and endometriosis and some of these, I don't know, would they be diseases or like, what's the proper way of saying them? Yeah. Yeah, diagnosed. diagnosed symptoms, whatever you would call that. I'm obviously not a doctor, medical by any means. I feel like it's becoming more common. Like, I don't know if it's just because of our age, like people finding out because of the whole fertility thing, like people are now trying to have kids or, you know, they're becoming more aware of their hormonal health because of that next phase of their life. But have you done any research or noticed that as well and with your clients or the books that you've read or the research that you've done that more women are exposed and and being treated for for syndromes like that? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I want to, I can't remember if it's 70 or 80% what what the exact percentage is, but it is said that 70 to 80% of women have a hormonal imbalance and the majority of them are unaware that they have a hormonal imbalance. So the reason for this being is that we don't live in a world that functions around the female with the female endocrine system in mind. We live in a world that functions really well around the male endocrine system, the 24 hour clock of you wake up in the morning, you are encouraged to be really active and get stuff done and be productive. 
and whatever, eat a huge breakfast or fast until lunchtime, whatever it is, you're really productive in the morning. You kind of slow down in the afternoon. Maybe you go to happy hour with friends, come home, sit on the couch, hang out, go to sleep. That is the male hormone cycle of high testosterone in the morning. And then it kind of drops off at night. You have melatonin that kicks in to help you sleep. Cortisol wakes you up in the morning. Our female endocrine system is a lot more intricate than that. We're different almost every single day. We go through four different phases of our cycle. And so if you're not actively aware and kind of living around that cycle, then you're probably doing something in your life that is not benefiting your hormones and maybe harming your hormones. And I know we talked a little bit about this in more depth, a lot of that about this in more depth during the event, but mm -hmm. can you just touch on briefly for those who weren't at the event of the general four cycles? And I love the comparison to the seasons that you used and kind of the general sense or energy that you're supposed to embody during that time. Yeah, absolutely. So we have four different phases and I'll start with the phase that comes right after your period. It's the follicular phase and all of the phases are associated with the season. So this season is associated with springtime. You can think of planting seeds and starting fresh. And that's kind of what's happening with your hormones. They're starting fresh after your period and they're starting to rise again and estrogen is starting to build and the energy overall is just starting to lift and feel a little bit lighter. Then we move into the ovulation phase. And this phase is associated with summer. So it's a really fiery time, a really spicy time. This is the only time of the month where you can get pregnant is during the ovulation phase if you're in a cisgender relationship. And then we move into the luteal phase. So the luteal phase is associated with the season fall. And it's just kind of when... Your hormones are still kind of high at the beginning. Like you can think of going back to school, the energy is still kind of heightened in there. And then slowly it just kind of starts to drop off as you get towards winter, get towards your period, the energy just kind of drops and your hormones are dropping. And then during your period, the hormones are, most of your hormones are at their lowest concentration. And this is kind of your time to hibernate. This is winter. This is when it's a really good time to turn inwards, to shut off a little bit from the outside world as much as you can, whether that's saying no to engagements, creating those boundaries. A lot of this work is a lot of boundary work, just creating new boundaries with the people and the relationships in your life. So that's a little bit, just a brief overview of the four different phases. Of course, there's so much more where it ties into food and exercise and activities and all of that. And you know what I'll do is I will probably just link your section of the talk for everyone in the show notes. So because we did talk about the different foods you're supposed to eat, the type of workouts to do, like we got into so much detail. So I want to link that for everyone in the show notes. And I want to talk about the cycles in a sense of kind of a more like way back when a little bit in a spiritual way. Like, have you ever read the book? I think it's called The Red Dot. No, but is it about like, like when women used to, and... women used to, yeah, literally all go to cycle together, mm -hmm. like under the moon. And yeah. I think that leads into us just like making this more of a normal topic for women to talk about. Like, how do we get back to that phase of, you know, we all do this together. It's so common. Like, it's not going to be like that, but how do we normalize <laughs> it in the fact that we can say, hey, I'm on my period and this is how I feel and like not be not be afraid to say the word period not be afraid I think this all ties into even the shame and guilt that comes with talking about sex too like why are we not able to talk about that stuff like the first 
everything that I think I saw from you after I saw Chloe deeper than money post about you and her stories, I went to go check you out. And the thing that you had posted that day was your whole video on, on libido, but it does have so much to do with your sexual health. And we yet mm. can't even talk about that. So what right. are, what are some ways that we can normalize this conversation and really use it as a way to connect to our feminine power and connect to who we are as women? Yeah. My gosh. I love that. At the beginning, when you were talking about women, like going together and cycling together and getting their periods together, like it was making my heart flutter. I was like, oh my gosh, can we go back to a world like that? Because that's the ultimate dream. That would be Katrina's dream. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to put that on my vision board. Do If you haven't read that book, you you need to read it. I've read bits and parts. I learned about it in the course I was telling you that I took initially a very first conversation, Natalia Benson's women empowerment course. She does a whole whole module on um, women's empowerment health. And she's very spiritual. So she had like two or three other books that were even like further along than that and like deeper into into history than that. But I think it's so fascinating. Like how cool is that? That like one, men just like let women leave to go do this thing on their own. And two, that women were able to connect so deeply together based off of this common experience that they have every single month. Like we are all literally going through the same thing every month but yet we can't talk about it now. Absolutely. I think the best way that we can start to go normalize this a little bit more and um, maybe go back towards eventually those ways of living where women have these opportunities to rest when they're on their period and all of that is by having the conversations and again, making boundaries. Like in my group program, Hormonal Bliss, the first one of the first things we talk about is setting these new boundaries with your coworkers, with your boss, with whoever you live with whether it's your roommate, your significant other, whatever it is, your family members, your friends, telling them, hey, this is this program I'm going to be doing. I will probably be saying no to some things and I'll probably be, be suggesting other things that we can do. And I want to share this with you and talk to the, talk to you about this because I want you to also be part of it for me. And I want you to be there to support me, whether you're doing it with me, if you're someone else that has ovaries or you're supporting me, if you're someone that has a penis, whatever it is, that is one of the most powerful things we can do is just to talk about it. And I think the more that we can start to make these changes, and this seems to be a common theme going on with everything in the world right now, the more that we can make these changes within ourselves first, that's how we can really affect things on a communal level and then on a global level is by starting with ourselves. You know, we can't go out and change the world just right away. We have to start somewhere. And so what better place to start than with yourself and making those changes within yourself. Well, and especially when it comes to your hormone health, like if you aren't letting yourself go through those cycles, if you're restricting yourself from those, if you're living in this masculine energy, you are not going to have the energy to go change the world. Like you are going to burn out. You're going to get sick. Something's going to happen. Like your body is physically not going to be able to handle you doing those bigger, better things. And that's something I've really had to realize, especially in starting my own business. It's like, if you're not doing the work for you first, then you don't have the energy to give. And as much as I'm, I know we were talking over DM about our, our human design and I'm a a Mm -hmm. manifesting generator. So like I get into these creative flows and I don't want to stop like that's, but then I naturally just fall off the face of the earth for a couple days. So I think actually for me, it's funny because I haven't, like I said, haven't gotten my period for eight years, but in the intuitive part of who I am, like my human design, my silhouette, the way that I function and what motivates me, I actually do generally function well in like that feminine 
energy, but mm. it's, it's just hard because people don't even know what that means and what this is and how to start. So I love that, that, that you start with the, those boundaries because that's the key is to be able to start having those conversations more openly. And on that note, how do you have these conversations with men? Like, what are some ways that we can have more open conversations? Like with a male boss, like I remember the day I had to get my IUD put back in was the first day I got promoted in my last job. And that conversation was the most, not only was I in like the most pain I had been in in a long time from getting a plastic stick put up my uterus, but also you can't even like, they just don't understand. A lot of men are one, ignorant, I think just because they've never had the opportunity to learn or two, like think it's so gross and icky and they don't even want to know about it. Right. Yeah. It's so funny because I have had a lot of these conversations. Like I've had a job in the past, like when I was just getting into this work where I had a male boss and I would talk, I would just talk about it all the time. And I didn't really care what he, how he reacted or whatever. I would just do it. And I think, I think that's an important thing to realize is that we can't control other people's responses to things. So saying what you're comfortable with, yes. And then if the other person isn't comfortable with how you're expressing it or with, with what you're saying, then realizing and letting go of like, okay, I've done what I can. I've shared what I can and how they react is on them. And then also it's one of those things where it's like, when we go through these huge upgrades in life, when we go through these big changes, oftentimes people that are not meant to be in our life anymore will fall off. And Mm -hmm. so Oh, we, Sometimes we preach just, that here at She Factory. That is what we're all about. Yeah, I had a feeling. So when when that happens, I mean, sometimes those there are just people in your life, whether it's a significant other, if they're not open to this, and this is something that you really want to take on, maybe they're not supposed to be in this next chapter. And just realizing too, sometimes I think, especially these days, we can be so quick to like cut people off right away, like cut people out right away, I should say. But sometimes just giving them the space to let it land and let them absorb it too and give them some grace around it and then maybe circling back to it a few times, one time, two times, three times, whatever it is, circling back to it and then just seeing how it's landing with them and what more what more you're able to say and what more you're able to talk about. Because I think sometimes people just need time too. You know, I, I'm very aware of the fact that talking about periods is not what everybody does all day like me. And so, but I love that your husband is just like in the back of all your stories being like, Hey, hormone honeys, like what's up? I'm like this. Everyone needs Katrina's husband in their life. (laughs) Yeah. Everyone needs a Steven in their life. Honestly, he is amazing. He's the most supportive. He's like, all right, babe, what are we, what do we have on the grocery list? Like he has it all saved to his phone. He makes like my He makes my hormone balancing smoothie in the morning. He like adds all my supplements. He knows he's the best. But yeah, I mean, I think that there's another aspect of this too. It's like one, we can't control what other people say, but also people are often mirroring back to us how we really feel about it. And so if you're getting a lot of pushback, are you not really open up to it yet? Are you not really open to doing the work, open to learning all these things? Do you still have stuff that you find like icky about it or gross or whatever? We're rewatching, oh my gosh, what is the name of the show? But I wanted to say, ew, David. Oh, uh, Shit's Creek. <laughs> Shit's Creek. We're rewatching Shit's I love Creek. that show. If you're still like, ew, icky around hormones, then maybe that's some work that you still have to do internally also. So I think there's a lot of different layers to it. But again, the more that we can just start with ourselves and start having those conversations, it it really can only do 
do good, I think, for everyone else. Yeah. And in your 20s, too, I feel like everyone's kind of moving at their own pace, especially when it comes to men and women. Like, I think we suddenly see the shift in maturity happen. And, you know, even with my boyfriend, like I'm freezing my eggs this year, potentially. And having that conversation with him was, you know, important. We've been together for five years. Like we've have a house together that we bought. Like, why is it so easy for us to buy a house together, but not talk about me freezing my eggs and talking about fertility and period health? Like that should be just as easy because one day we're going to have kids and I hope that he's going to be able to be in the room with me, but I, he will not, he will faint. He will not handle it well, but it's like, he will get there at his own pace. And I just have to give him that space to do it. And as I said earlier, like he's never had the opportunity to learn about this other than through maybe potential relationships. And then again, like in college and high school, like that's not really a topic that you openly talk about with your significant other, unless it's like, Oh, it's my time of the month. Like this is how I'm feeling, or we can't have sex or whatever it is. Like in your twenties, you start to have to have have those conversations about like, okay, like we can only get pregnant these three days during this month. Or, you know, I have to freeze my eggs because I watched my mom go through in vitro eight times and I don't want to have to go through that. And it's just really interesting. And I feel like everyone's at different levels. Like I even told a girlfriend yesterday that I was freezing my eggs and she's like, why the hell are you freezing your eggs? But watching my mom go through in vitro eight times is really traumatizing. And I don't want to have to do that Mm. or put my body through what she went through. So I would rather be a little proactive about it. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that you're, you're freezing your eggs. Cause I think that's, that's another thing that is that we can have a lot of shame around and people don't often talk about that they're doing that. And yeah, I know that can be such a sensitive, such a sensitive topic. So I appreciate you bringing that up too, because that's another thing. It's like, we're taught also that because our parents or our mom went through something that we're destined to go through it and that we're doomed to go through it. And this is something I shared on Chloe's podcast also. So I don't know if maybe you heard this or not, but a lot of new research is saying that our genetics will only determine if we're going to get whatever we think is going to be passed down by 5%. And more so, it's actually our internal and external environment. So it's so interesting because I think oftentimes we think we're, we think we're doomed to something when we, we may not be, we may have a lot more control than we think we do. Yeah. And and for me, honestly, it's less about being fertile. Like as she did in vitro so many times because she was older, she was 40 two when she had my sister and then 45 when she had the twins. But what that led me to feel is like, okay, I I had three newborns at 16 and 18 in my house. I saw what she went through and I want to be able to really like live and bask in that moment and not have to feel so rushed to have kids. And granted, yes, I probably could do it naturally completely normal if I balance my hormones and I pay attention to my body and my health. But the other thing for me is that I realize and acknowledge that there are so many women out there that aren't able to have kids naturally and that do struggle with miscarriage and that maybe they just they don't even have the option to try. So that's another reason why I want to freeze my eggs so then I can one day donate Mm. them and they're coming from a healthy 25 year old rather than somebody who's doing it in their 30s or 40s who the eggs might not be as successful. So that's that's really near and dear to my heart because my two siblings, the twins are from a donor egg and it was a really powerful experience for me to go through that with my mom. Like we even had to have a conversation of like me offering up my eggs to her when she was looking for a donor and being like, okay, like, 
it would have the same DNA somewhat as you. And she's like, I can't ever think about the fact of like me having your stepdad and your baby. Like that's really bizarre to me. That's not even something that came into my mind. You know, it's it's like it gets so intricate, but there are so many women out there that that aren't able. And it, it just has always been near and dear to me to be able to give back in that way. If if I'm healthy, I don't know if I am or not. <laughs> we'll see. Wow. That's beautiful. I love that you want to do that, Tori. That's amazing. I got full chills all over my body when you said that. Well, watching your mom go through eight rounds of in vitro when you're a teenager is not easy and shooting yourself up with hormones eight times in a row. It's awful. It's terrible. And I just want to prevent other women from having to go through that so many other times. So that's, Mm. and that's kind of why all this hormone health is becoming so interesting to me too. And so like, I feel like I'm becoming passionate about it is because I'm not going to be able to give back in that way if I'm not healthy myself. And also I'm not going to be able to be at the point to have kids if I'm not healthy enough to be living a life that I feel balanced and successful and able to open that part of my life up. So fertility is big for me. Like I've always wanted to be a mom, but I know that's not for everyone. So absolutely. The the whole topic of fertility is is such a sensitive one for sure. Because so many, so many more women have fertility struggles. And I don't even like using the word necessarily infertility because I think, I don't think that's always necessarily true. There are instances if you get your ovaries removed or a uterus removed where yes, then you become infertile. But oftentimes it's a matter of not realizing that we have these underlying hormonal imbalances that have that have caused us to have these fertility issues. And even that, you know, is such a touchy subject because it's really not our fault either. I think sometimes we can feel so guilty and want to blame ourselves for having this stuff. And it's we have to remember like we are really women living in a man's world. And so it's having to be constantly aware of what's around us, what we're consuming, what, how we're exercising, where our stress levels are at. There's so many factors. And so this whole process too, is just like learning to give yourself some grace grace around all of it. And that right now we are kind of working against the grain, but you know, hopefully we will get to a place where we're, where we're celebrating. (laughs) (laughs) No, but really like, I think that's a really great place to kind of wrap things up too, is like, we, our bodies are physically made to have a baby every month and to go and dance in tents and celebrate the coming of our moon, the coming of our period, like it's a celebration. And somewhere, somehow we lost track of that. But there is such a beauty within that that allows us to connect to who we are as a woman and connect to that energy that we're supposed to feel like, like you said, like, I love that, that what you just said, we're, we're women living in a man's world, like our bodies are not made to live this way. Our body are made to cycle every month and relax and hibernate and then have these, you know, more productive cycles and then dance under the moon. And that's what we were made to do. So innately, obviously, there's probably a lot more fertility struggles given that our bodies are under so much more stress. I, I definitely think like the one thing that actually helped my mom get pregnant um, after all those cycles was acupuncture. I think that's another part of natural medicine that women turn to for fertility quite often. My mom had one of the best fertility doctors in the whole country. Actually, Kim K's fertility doctor, fun fact. They're CCRM out of Colorado. I'm sure you know. Oh. Yeah, they're they're some of the best. And the doctor literally told her, like, you have to turn to more natural places to be able to connect to that part of yourself. And also the guilt and the shame that we feel as women, like, I can't get pregnant, I can't have kids, like I can't do this. That also 
keeps you from having kids too. Like that stress and that guilt and that shame. So it's like, there's no healthy balance. Like we have to be healthy with who we are and have that grace for ourselves or else you're just going in this deep, dark black hole of like shame and guilt and stress and exhaustion and just like toxic habits. Absolutely. There are, I hear so many stories of women that were so stressed trying to get pregnant. And then the second they stop trying, they get pregnant because they're not because they're not stressed anymore. And I mean, I'm I'm reading a book right now called Spiritual Fertility. I don't have I don't have it with me, so I can't remember the author off the top of my head. But we kind of took a fertility path. I know. Sorry. I feel like we could honestly (laughs) do a whole episode on this quite truly. But yeah, seriously. But it's all about the stress and the trauma that we carry in our bodies and in our in our ancestral lines and how that relates to fertility and fertility struggles and all of that. And it's just so fascinating the effects that stress really does have on our body. So yeah, I mean, that's that's one thing I guess maybe to like end with with this conversation around fertility is that if you take one thing from this whole thing, it's to learn and pick up techniques on how to manage your stress levels and start routines that are going to help you feel less stressed, cut out people that don't contribute to your peace and whatever it is, get, get the better job. If it causes you a lot of stress, whatever it is, these steps are worth it. You know, we need to not put so much light and hold up the grind on a silver platter. We need to hold up our mental health on a silver platter, which I feel like we're moving in that direction. Like I think COVID did open up a lot more conversation to this. Okay. Like being working from home, having that flexibility. Like I think people have been way more productive in that, given that they've been able to spend a little bit more time on themselves, give themselves that space. And people I'm sure miss, I didn't work. I worked from home before anyway, so it wasn't much different for me, but being in that hustle and grind is not only bad for you, but also really addicting. Like it can be addicting just like alcohol is or drugs are like you get addicted to the adrenaline high and the conversation and the buzz. And that's, that's something that holds us back from really connecting to our, our deepest self and our healthiest self. So I'm glad we ended up talking about fertility because I think it's important and something that typically no one I don't know anyone right now talking about it in their 20s, especially early 20s. So just having more conversation, really letting yourself flow through the seasons of your cycle, like Katrina was saying, and like being open to letting go, I think, of the grind of the relationships, like you said, of also, I think just like the limiting beliefs that we have about our bodies and our menstrual cycle and fertility, like there's so many limiting beliefs that we have about that, that we don't even know are there until we know it's there until trauma mm-hmm. happens or something bad happens. And then all of a sudden it's forced upon you. So I think we can use everything that we talked about today in just such an empowering way, like living your most empowered life by connecting to the deepest, best part of what makes you a woman. I love that. Where can people find you? What are your offerings? How can you help the women listening um, balance their hormone health other than your super awesome reels that I'm obsessed with? (laughs) Thanks. Yeah, I have been getting in the to the TikTok game a little bit more the past few months. So my name on all social media platforms, Instagram, TikTok is Katrina Ray Swanson. Ray is spelled R-A-E. And my website is KatrinaRaySwanson.com. And I mainly work with clients through two avenues. I do one-on-one coaching as well. But my two biggest avenues are through my group program, Hormonal Bliss. And Hormonal Bliss 
is a three month program. It's designed to help you balance your hormones naturally, take back your feminine power and fall in love with your period. This program is awesome. It has a wait list every round right now. I have over a hundred people on the May wait list, which is incredible. So, good. so definitely check that out. It's an awesome program. And then another option for somebody who has maybe limited time at first to dedicate to this work would be the goddess 101 guys. So these are seven customized plans to pave your path to hormonal balance. And you basically get to pick and choose based off what symptoms you have. So I have an acne guide, cramping guide, endometriosis, fatigue, irregular cycle, PCOS, and PMS. So you basically just grab that guide. They're only $33. And it's a whole plan written out as well as a grocery list and a supplement guide. Super straightforward, super digestible. I love it. I had probably 30 women after the event be like, oh my gosh, I need to go get a guide like right now. Like this is amazing (laughs) that she has that. Or even just like women being like, oh my gosh, I have endometriosis. Like this is great. Like I haven't been able to find the solution or, you know, I have such bad cramping. Like just, I think the more you start to open up these conversations, it starts to flow through because people want to talk about it and want to talk about what they're going through. So thank you for creating the space for women to do that and to heal their bodies and to have overall just a better, healthier, more amazing life by connecting to themselves in that way. So I applaud you and give you so much kudos for being so unique in that space. Like there's not many people out there who are willing and able to do what you're doing. And I just so appreciate you. Oh, thank you so much, Tori. That means a lot. Thank you for to you for holding this space for all these different women to be seen and be heard. It's incredible. It's my pleasure. That's what I love about what I do is just <laughs> getting to open up these conversations. So thank you for everything. And I will link every way that you can find Katrina and her offers in the show notes, as well as some of the books we talked about, all the resources, all the things. So make sure and check those out. Thanks, everyone. Hey, girl. Thank you so much for listening to the She Factor podcast. Everything we do here at She Factor is for you to unite, excite, and cheer each other on as we create a life we love together. We'd love for you to rate, review, and share the podcast if this helped you in any way on your journey to She. And you can DM or email us a screenshot of your review for a special treat from Team She. Looking for more than your weekly dose of She Factor? Find us on social media at The She Factor or head to our website, thesheefactor.com to keep up with all the latest trends on our blog, subscribe to our daily She newsletter, RSVP to our next virtual event, and join our She membership for an all-access pass to your virtual girl gang. Follow me at Tori Ganahl for a behind-the-scenes look at all things She and slide into my DMs to share how I can support you on your journey. See you next week.